Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Woo! Welcome to a Thursday episode of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Sorry for enthusiastically welcoming you behind a gray screen. Nothing has changed. We're the same guys. It's two men talking Yankees baseball with you every Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern. Uh, all off season long. That's Mondays and Thursdays live on YouTube. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast platforms too. Apple Podcasts, boom, Google Podcasts, duh, Spotify, no shit. Those are the main ones. So obviously we're on all of those. But you got a weird one, Pillowcast, Substack, whatever you listen to podcasts on, we're probably on that too. This Thursday, we're going to be tackling the Yankees and Yes Network, the new partnership that supposedly is going to make it easier for all you fine folks to get the streamer, which I know is good news in the wake of MLB Network somehow getting bumped off YouTube TV this week. Been a bad week for baseball streaming, but maybe the Yankees are about to make it better. Maybe. I don't know. Not finalized. But we'll talk about the potential ramifications. Plus, MLB Network's top 10 pitchers list went off the rails. Garrett Cole not on the fan list. And we're all like, well, that's dumb. But obviously, the fans hate Garrett Cole and hate the Yankees. Then Garrett Cole not on the expert list either. But Carlos Radon way up that list. What's going on? Also, why is MLB Network... Hiring somebody to call Alec Manoa fat on live television. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Can't let that go. Uh, I will never forget where I was when I saw that. Plus, Glaber Torres traded before opening day, looking more and more likely, though not atop my list of guys I'd get rid of and probably not atop yours either. And uh, Cameron Mabin has found a new home. Why was he let go from the Yes Network? God only knows they wanted to make the broadcasts. A little duller, and they succeeded at that because they're officially not getting Cam back. He has moved on. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast, and I want you to be the one to really talk us through the the Yankees and Yes Network streaming possibility because you're the one. I am an idiot. I won't cut the cord. I haven't yet. I, yeah. I won't, mostly because I just don't want to have this confusing conversation for myself. I just, how do I get the Yankees? I, yes Network? Great. So I'm going to get cable. Uh, I watch MLB Network every day. I watch the Yankees every game. I watch MSG. I, every night, uh, I, I've either got 
uh, my wife and I share the TV. It's like we, we're maybe going to watch a little Bravo. Uh, there's always more Bravo to watch. Uh, and then after that, we'll I'll pick up the second half of a key sporting event. But I watch live sports on my cable package every single night. It's what I do. It's it's a cost I'm willing to eat. But a lot of people have are smarter than me to figure out ways to cut the cord. Uh, and the Yankees have always thrown a wrench in that. But it seems like we might be coming to a fork in the road here. Yeah. Um, I'm also an idiot because I hit the wrong graphic atop the show. So um, it's very gray screen. In case yeah. you guys watched it once, you get to watch it again. It's fun. Thing. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, but this is the news everybody's been waiting for, right? Because you have the regional sports networks. They're in bed um, with the teams. They have these exclusive cable deals. We saw how messy this could get. For years, Dodgers fans couldn't watch Dodgers games because of whatever. I don't even remember the details there. Um, but that that's how bad it's gotten. And then you have these other deals where um, there's only a select few cable services or maybe just one aligned with the regional sports network. So you are forced to purchase cable and cable is not cheap. I don't know how many of you have cable or enjoy cable. Um, I do enjoy it. Cable's good. However, how many other platforms do we have? You have a Netflix account. We all know that you probably have an HBO max account or that's attached to your cable and it's, uh, you're paying extra. Um, you probably have a Hulu account because they got good stuff too. You definitely have an Amazon account. And if you don't, you should get one because there's good content there as well. So you're looking at the situation where you have 17 streaming services plus cable and you're paying fucking $250 a month. And then you probably have MLB TV, which the big, the craziest thing about all of this to me is that an out of market fan can pay $140 for the entire year to watch every fucking baseball game, any game they want, except for the games that are in market. And then in order to watch the in-market games, you have to pay between 60 and $120 a month for cable. So someone in Oklahoma is watching the Yankees for $140 for the year. And somebody who lives in the tri-state area is paying anywhere between $350 and $600 just for six months to get baseball access on the cable subscription. So for the Yes Network, they have deals exclusively with Comcast and Spectrum, and DirecTV Stream. So those are the only three you can get it from. And then you can only stream it through DirecTV Stream, or you would take your cable subscription, you'd create a Yes app account, you'd do it from there, and that's how you... So there were all the, there, there's all these layers to it and all these steps that are unnecessary. You just want to watch the game, you want to be able to stream it, boom. If the Yes network actually goes director to uh, direct to consumer then you're looking at a situation where you probably have another micro charge you have your you know 14.99 akin to Netflix or Amazon or whatever it is per month but you have the main sports channel that you want to watch with the teams that you want to watch um or if you're just a Yankees fan you just have the Yankees games and you don't have to pay out the wazoo for 6 months to get cable and then get rid of cable um i know people do like cable but it's falling out of favor um, and it's expensive um, and they still got to come to your house and install all the shit. And then you got to return it when you cancel it instead of being like, Hey, I'm canceling it for six months. Like I'm going to renew it in six months. And then they're like, no, you have to bring the equipment back. And I did it a million times in New York city, going to the spectrum store and it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. So it's 2023. Give me an easy way to watch my shit. Let me pay a micro charge for it instead of instead of over a hundred dollars a month, which is insane. And let me get on with my life. And if the Yankees do this, I think this is huge. More people will watch the games. They'll obviously just get more into fan interaction access. 
people on the go watching it the way that they want to. Um, and uh, maybe it's, I guess, potentially bad for um, out of market uh, or MLB who relies on maybe out of market fans purchasing the entire package or the one team package to watch um, because this might be cheaper. Who knows? There is uh, nothing dumber than the way MLB TV functions, uh, especially because it, you get a little taste. Like I'm, I'm going to be able to watch the Yankee spring training games on MLB TV. Yeah. Why? Cause they're in Florida, I guess. Thanks for the charitable donation to me, but I can't do it as soon as the season hits and the clock starts. So that's great. Uh, there's nothing dumber than the way it functions in like Iowa. Iowa is the hot zone for bullshit because Iowa, I don't know if you guys know this, is a state where there is not a major league baseball team, right? So it should be an amazing place to live if you want to use MLB TV to watch teams around the globe. There's one game in Iowa per year. That is a major league baseball game. It's a Field of Dreams game. We all love it. That's the only major league game that takes place within the borders of that state. However, Iowa is within the weird little red zone where they're trying MLB is trying so hard to ban fans from watching their own team on MLB TV that they can't figure out what team fans in Iowa are primarily fans of. So they're like, uh, there's gotta be some Cubs fans there. They're in the Cubs radius, Cardinals fans, Reds fans. White Sox fans, all those Midwest teams. Let's just block them all. Royals will block them. So if, you're, if you're in Iowa, you basically can't watch anybody because they've blocked like five or six teams from you because they're like, yeah, probably a bunch of Cubs fans, maybe some Reds fans. Got to be careful. White Sox, obviously. And they just knock them all out. So you think you hit the lottery. You live in Iowa. There's no team here. Why am I going to get locally blacked out? I don't have a local fucking team. And MLB is still like, oh, actually, all that means is we're going to make it worse on you. We're going to increase the number of teams that you can't watch. So hope you get used to the Miami Marlins. That's your new team now. The furthest team away from you. You'll never see them. You, you better pick the Atlanta Braves because if you don't, you're not going to be able to watch your own team. Uh, so maybe this is finally a step in the right direction, at least for fans of one team. And like you said, I don't think a lot of people outside of the minutia and the day-to-day realize that the Dodgers fans, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers in Los Angeles, California, one of the three biggest cities in America, one of the three biggest baseball brands in America, went several years without being able to watch their team. Can't, Yankee fans complain, and rightfully so, about the streaming games last year, going to a sports bar on a Friday night, only to find out the game's on Amazon Prime, and your dingy pub can't figure out how to get Amazon Prime, so you're just not watching the game. That was the reality of Dodger fans every day for years. You go to a sports bar, and you cannot watch the Dodgers. Why? Unless it's on national television, because they couldn't work out the proper, you know, direct consumer deal here. So potentially a huge step forward for the Yankees. And uh, I mean, I guess Friday night is also a prime bar. Like you're probably not going to the bar to watch the game with your boys on Tuesday, or you're probably not going to the bar by yourself to watch the game on Tuesday, unless you're of a certain age and that's just your whole life. And, and bar stools are just your thing. You, you sit on the stool and, and watch a four hour Yankee game and, punch the cedar when they get walked off and then walk home uh, to probably not your wife, but maybe your wife. I don't know. Um, but maybe this is finally, finally, finally getting a little bit easier. Yeah, we can only hope. Um, I don't want cable. So that's, that's just what it comes down to. I gotta uh, at one point get off my ass and stop purchasing. Right now it's just easier for me not to think about it. Go, yeah. what do I watch on TV? sports and occasionally survivor and it's like well sports is only on cable so here i go with cable it's true uh you have the espn app though you can get through some um i don't know 
I only care about I care about watching the Yankees. Um, I do care about football, um, but streaming football is fairly easy. You can get away with it. Um, and basketball, sure, you get a lot of the games. Do I need to watch the Knicks ruin my life for 82 games? No, I'll watch 30 and it'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> speaking of networks, um, is MLB Network helping out the people? I, I don't know. Uh, I think they're creating con- – look, here we are, February 2nd. Couldn't be more of a boring offseason. We talked about it last episode. That's why we had a little news update. Um, MLB Network is doing their thing. They're trying to get through the dead period. They're trying to figure it out. Um, creating conversation, both good and bad. They had a fan vote, which I think we should talk about first. Uh, yeah. The fans voted in the top 10 starting pitchers in the league. And part of the struggle here is you don't know what it's based on, right? Is it based on who performed well last year and now who all of a sudden cracks the top 10? Who's all of a sudden number one? Um, yeah, it's, it's top 10 right now. So that makes yeah. it like, all right, right now like who had the best 2022 season, but also right now is like, who do you trust most right now? Exactly. And, and the, the past is baked into that. Cause you look at some of the names on this list and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Their 2022 stats were probably in the top 10 stats accrued, but there are people I'd rather have on the mound that are not mentioned. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, and there's no postseason factor, ace factor, like who would you need on the mound in a muscle wing? It doesn't have to be postseason. It could just be you're playing your rival. Who do you want on the mound? Yeah. Do you want a random guy who the fans voted in at number eight? Or in this case, do you want Garrett Cole, who wasn't anywhere to be found in either the fan vote or um, the MLB Network vote? Um, And uh, that certainly created conversation. And now I'm wondering, could this be a good thing? Have we finally reached a point – where the Garrett Cole discourse got so toxic that now he might be underrated mm-hmm. being paid $36 million a year. I, I literally don't know. I think at this point um, I thought the narrative among rival fans would have changed, right? This postseason because he pitched great in the postseason outside of the Chaz McCormick home run. Chaz. I mean, that, that also doesn't happen if Harrison Bader catches the fly ball. Um, so uh, you look at it through the lens of, okay, he literally won the Yankees, the ALDS, um, after last year's tough wild card showing. Um, but it doesn't seem the conversation has really changed. I think fans, the opposing fans still like to laugh at Garrett Cole because of the amount of money the Yankees paid for him. Um, and the fact that he had a 3.50 ERA last year and the fact that he crumbled down the stretch in 2021. Um, but to not have him, to not have fans thinking he's, Look, it was probably a coordinated effort. Keep all Yankees out. It's what the fans love to do. Can't blame you. Um, but you can't tell me Kevin Gossman's better than Garrett Cole. You'd rather have Kevin Gossman on a, the mound in a must-win game. Um, I know he had a nice 2022, um, but that's that's kind of a stretch to me. Um, who else was on this list that was well, like Kevin, a green 
Kevin Gossman is just a reciting the numbers situation. Exactly. We were talking about this yesterday. It's like, yeah, Kevin Gossman led all of baseball in FIP last year. That's great. If you're coordinating a list of the top 10 FIPs in the game of baseball, he's on it. He's actually number one. Yeah. But uh, Kevin Gossman versus Garrett Cole, face-to-face, head-to-head. I am taking Garrett Cole every single time. Uh, And that was proven. Uh, Kevin Gossman has yet to make it through a season strong to the postseason. 2021, the Giants World Series case basically relied on Kevin Gossman being great. He gave up four earned runs in in six innings in his only start. Last year, the Blue Jays needed Kevin Gossman to make a strong statement in the playoffs after Alec Manoa got whipped, four earned runs in five and two-thirds innings. He is the playoff starter that you people seem to think Garrett Cole is. And we might have been on Garrett Cole's ass last year. I was especially, uh, remember the game where he just flat out got pasted by the Mariners? A six earned mm-hmm. runs in the top of the first four homers, I believe. Uh, and if you weren't on him after that, then when, when are you going to criticize an athlete for doing anything? You can't criticize yeah. an ace for doing that in an important series during uh, a summer swoon. Like that's exactly when an ace probably is going to get the most criticism. But in October, guess what? He showed up and he shut me up. Uh, he gives up that Chaz McCorgan home run. That Astro series is already off the rails. He, he needs like eight innings and no runs there to put the Yankees on his back. And he can't do that. So sure, I'll ding him. Not a great start against the Houston Astros. Better than the ultimate line though. For some reason, he falls apart at the end of that game. But his two playoff starts against the Guardians. Uh, game one, uh, we were all. He, he also loaded the bases in at one point in that game one after a defensive weirdness behind him uh, after a non-called strike three on uh, Andres Jimenez. And everyone in the world who watched the Yankees this year was like, "All right, here comes a three-run double. Here comes a meltdown." No, he struck him out on the next pitch, got out of it, and ended up uh, saving the season in game four of the DS two. Two games, 2.03 area, 13 and a third innings, 10 hits, just two walks and 16 strikeouts. Postseason brilliance from Garrett Cole. Yeah. So uh, if you're giving me this, like if if you're telling me that the 10 best starters right now, if you're going to base it just on who put up the best fielder independent stat line uh, in 2022, then yeah, absolutely. Kevin Gossman makes it. And I don't know if Garrett Cole makes it. Uh, sure. If that's the criteria, but the reality of the situation is Garrett Cole uh, was much, much better than Kevin Gossman at inducing the ideal outcome for a pitcher, which is a strikeout in any instance, even in a down year for Cole, 257 Ks versus Gossman's 205. Cole's ERA was only 0.15 higher, 3.35 versus 3.50. Cole made it to 202 thirds innings in the regular season and Gossman only 174 and two thirds. Gossman has an incredible sinker. Gossman has incredible command and control. Gossman basically pitches off that sinker. Garrett Cole is a pitcher, fastball pitcher, elevated fastball pitcher. And Garrett Cole pitches at Yankee Stadium. Let's see what happens to Kevin Gossman uh, when he uh, moves. They move the fences in at the Rogers Center this year. Uh, and uh, we end up getting a more hitter friendly environment in Toronto, which is something that the Blue Jays are doing by design. Uh, if you can't beat them, join them. You spend all that time laughing at the Yankees in their short porch, and you go out and build a short porch or your own. I think it's worth noting that that is, that is what Toronto did. Don't forget that. They did that. Uh, the rest of the list, the fans, it's it's obviously fan bias, right? Spencer Schreider. I mean, I, I love in the number four spot. Yeah. I mean, I love Spencer Strider. I think his future is among the brightest. The guy made 20 starts. He pitched 31 games. He threw 131 innings. He didn't even win rookie of the year. How does that make you a top 10 pitcher in the entire league? You're taking it's, him over Garrett Cole. Like that's what you're yeah. really telling me. You'd rather have Spencer. Yeah. 
right now you'd pay Spencer Strider $340 million. No, no. not do that. Um, Alec Manoa, unfortunately, deserved it. He had a great year. Um, but, yeah, Framber Valdez in the four spot. Uh, Framber is very good. Um, number four best pitcher in the entire league. Uh, I, and he's smoking mirrors. Like, Framber's stuff versus Cole's stuff? Are you kidding me? Like, the Framber, Framber is, is the current leader in the clubhouse for most infuriating pitcher in baseball to watch. Because you watch him and you're like, it's going to be a curveball. It's going to start at your shoulder yeah. and dip out over the plate. It will not touch the plate. It will end up in the dirt. Don't swing. And everybody still swings over it. You, and congratulations on being a master magician. But I can predict a Framber Valdez at bat from my couch while I'm yep. watching the table, which I still pay for. <laughs> and let's let's take this off Yankees radar, too, so the regular fans uh, can actually be Our engaged fans. and not hate us. Yeah. Dylan Cease led the AL in pitcher war last year. Nowhere to be found. Um, Shane McClanahan, back-to-back really good years. I know he missed a few starts, um, but I, in my opinion, if you're voting in Spencer Strider with 20 starts, uh, you got to get Shane McClanahan in there, who made 28. Um, Shane Bieber, uh, I don't, one of the consistently best pitchers in the league since what, 2017. Mm-hmm. So, or to, yeah, what, whatever it's been. Um, one all-star MVP and then yeah. rolled from there. Uh, you have, uh, if you really want to get granular, you have Zach Gallen that they led the NL and whip, uh, made 31 starts, pitched 184 innings. Um, he finished ahead of Corbin Burns in the Cy Young voting. Uh, so, uh, look, it's a fan vote, but you see a lot of people get snubbed here in a certain way, um, for whatever reason, name recognition, personal preference, uh, certain fans stacking the ballot. Shout out to, where were the Royals fans? They were famous for stacking the all-star ballot in 2015. No one, we're not getting Brady Singer in here. Is that yeah, where's Granky? Where's Granky at? Come on. Um, so yeah, look, it's a fan vote, but MLB's top 10. How about that? How about MLB Network's top 10? Um, that was a little bit more understandable. However, they had um, Sandy Alcantara down at number five, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the surprise for us, where the Yankees fans will get a win, Carlos Rodon, number three. Um, we we just raised an eyebrow. Love Carlos Rodon. Couldn't be more happy that he's here. But um, again, this is right now, I suppose. He had a very good season last year. He led the league in FIP. Um, but only through 178 innings for someone, you know, who's supposed to be a frontline ace, in my opinion, that you got to probably, you got to be coming, going closer to 200 at that point. Um, and if we're talking about breadth of work, only his last two seasons have been, uh, ace, like all-star caliber. Um, Mm -hmm. and you look at some of these other guys, like, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be there again. I love him. And I think that he's an incredible pitcher, but Julio Urias is, He's got, he could be the best pitcher in the national league, uh, you know, over the last like three full seasons, um, closed out the world series, won the ERA title last year, um, was the only 20 game winner in 2021. So it, you know, it depends what you're looking at and how you're valuing it. Um, but MLB network doing this interesting. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, it is true. Maybe the all-star break. We'll see. But MLB Network picking Corbin. Everybody loves Corbin Burns. I they feel do. Like we're, gonna, we're never going to get past this, right? I guess I just I guess it's just widely accepted now that Corbin Burns is the best pitcher in baseball. Um, I, I'm happy to see Rodon in that three spot. I'm, I'm not going to stand on a soapbox and say, what are you doing? But at the same time, 
Garrett Cole somehow doesn't make the top 10 of either of these lists. I don't know how, how the experts called this. Uh, Jacob deGrom, I also I, – I feel like you're just – I hate to be this guy, but I feel like you're just including Jacob deGrom by default right now at this point. Yeah. Your top 10 list just comes with Jacob deGrom preloaded somewhere, and you can't delete it. And you're like, where do I move it? And I guess I'll put it in the nine spot. Like, I don't think Jacob deGrom has done anything in the last two, two and a half years to prove that he still belongs on one of these lists. You make 12 starts a year. Uh, whether he sat out and didn't rehab as fast as he could have to hurt the Mets or not, which is something you'll hear from Mets people. Uh, we'll see if, you know, that comes to fruition. He, DeGrom hinted in a conversation with Buck Showalter this week that he's got a crazy story to tell and he can't wait to tell it to him someday. And then Buck Showalter told that to the rest of us and that's cool. all well and good. Uh, but at this point, Jacob DeGrom is more of an idea than he is an action item. You don't, see him very well when you see him he looks fantastic and so if it's most talented pitchers in baseball right now i think degrom is number one but it's not that it's best pitchers right now and the top starting pitchers i I think you could if you're ever going to get away with excluding degrom from one of these lists it's this year when we barely saw him in in 2022 and 2021 and we just don't know what we're going to get year over year from him 11 starts, 3.08 ERA, um, which is, you know, technically not good for him. Um, but then again, 2.13 FIP, point, 0.75 whip, pretty incredible. Um, I'm just already sick of the DeGrom Hall of Fame stuff. I'm, like, getting out ahead of being angry at it. Like, he's going to get so much support. If he can just – he's at nine years right now, and they've all been pretty great. He's just got to pitch one more year, and he's going to have people in his corner when the Hall of Fame voting starts despite the fact that his career record is going to be 88 and and 62. And those people are going to be like, that's enough. That's Yeah, okay, great, sure. I mean, I get it, but come on. Like, you're really going to tell me to kick Scott Rowland out of the hall, but you're going to be like, DeGrom should get in with 88 wins. Okay, cool. Again, boy, Hall of Fame confuses me. Like, you look at DeGrom, <clears throat> you can't talk about base, the whatever this generation of baseball is without him, two Cy Young's Rookie of the Year. Although I've seen plenty of this generation of baseball with Adam because he doesn't pitch anymore. <laughs> it's called 2022. <laughs> I've seen it. But then then again, you have – look, I'm not I'm – not, I, I guess I am playing devil's advocate. ERA title, two Cy Youngs, rookie of the year. Nastiest slider we've ever seen maybe. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's It's like the Eli Manning argument in my opinion. Does Eli Manning have <clears> – <throat> The, uh, the counting stats to be in the Hall of Fame, I think that's up for debate, but he won the greatest Super Bowl of all time and then won maybe like another top five Super Bowl of all time and is a Super Bowl MVP and went on two of the most memorable playoff runs of all time. And you can't forget, I know, you know, DeGrom's situation isn't that, but it's a little bit unique based on what he's been able to accomplish. Um, so that's where, that's where Hall of Fame and that's where, uh, those, those types of discussions fall for me. Um, it more so is, would you forget, would you, are you going to forget about this person in your lifetime as someone who contributed to the, the game or the sport? Um, but again, if you're ranking the top 10 pitchers right now, Jacob DeGrom, who made 11 starts is not one of the best pitchers. A lot of people um, achieved a lot more than he did last year. And even the year prior, he only made 15, 26 total starts over the last two years. Um, it's simply not enough to be recognized as one of the best in the game simply because of longevity. He certainly though has made an impact on baseball's history. He's currently tied for the record for fewest world series one with zero. 
Uh, he's tied for that all-time record. Uh, yes, it's, it's a strange list, and they're both strange. And I went to bed being like, the fan list is going to be weird, but the MLB Network list will be normal. And then, boom, they're both pretty weird. Uh, let's talk about Glaber Torres, who we weigh in a little bit about uh, basically every time we talk at this point, because I think we've gone back and forth on uh, you can expect him to be traded. You can rule out a trade. Now we're somewhere in the middle. I previously, prior to this John Morosi report where he floated a Glaber trade again, was firmly in the camp that he wasn't going anywhere for the reasons uh, this team can't afford to sacrifice offense right now. I think everyone can agree they didn't do much to close the offensive gap with the Astros because they didn't really do anything to do that. Oswald Peraza at short for the full season is a start, is a significant start. Yeah. Bringing Anthony Volpe up at some point will also be significant. Harrison Bader all year, absolutely. But also factor in that let's put the Yankees and Astros in the ALCS. I don't think you could pencil Harrison Bader in for four homers again. I don't think you could say he's going to hit 440 in the postseason series. We'll be okay. Good player, but that was a little bit above his pay grade. So add all of that, and I don't think you can take Labrador as bad out of the lineup. Plus, uh, Miami fills their spot with Luis Arise. So that trade is consummated. The Miami Marlins, who almost traded for Flavor Torres last year, are not going to do it again this year because he's moved on. John Morosi seems to think otherwise. I, I'm of the mind that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, as soon as he does not win the shortstop job, will be gone because they do not want to pay $6 million for somebody who does what DJ LeMahieu does and does what Oswaldo Cabrera does, but does not worse than both of those people. Perfectly fine player, not what the Yankees need. Uh, a pretty big middle finger to the old school fans, too, who were like, we just need more contact hitting. And the Yankees are like, we'll give you the contact hitteriest contact hitter of all time. And then the old people are like, this guy sucks shit. It's like, yep, oops, sorry. He tried. Uh, can't play short, really. Uh, Isaiah kind of have a good ball player. But again, I'd rather have LeMahieu taking those utility at-bats. I'd rather have Oswaldo Cabrera taking those utility at-bats. And I don't really think losing his offense will affect this team at all. Because uh, they're offensively challenged and they're challenged in the power department, all things considered. I would have said Connor Falefa gone. Uh, John Morosi is saying Glaber Torres could still be on the move. So, where do you land on this? Is this just somebody trying to stir something up and remind? Because this was on MOB Network. Yep. This was not a Yankees show. So, Yankee fans already know Torres is in the crosshair somewhat. This was a reminder to the baseball world at large. Hey, remember Glaber Torres? You know, you can maybe have him if you want to overwhelm the Yankees. I think it's it's sort of just a like let's ping this, let's make the rest of the world aware of this. I don't really see any reason why he'd be more on the table now than he was a couple of weeks or months prior. But what say you? I don't know. The Athletic confirmed this too. Morosi, the Athletic, first of all, after. Uh, Glaber and the Yankees avoided arbitration said that a trade is still not being rolled out and that he's been dangled in discussions, but you know, the, the market's limited and the Yankees once again, want what they want in return, which is the greatest return possible, but that's not how the world works. Um, and also what do the Yankees need, right? They need outfield and like relief pitching. And I don't think you're trading a very valuable middle infielder, which is, which is not even close to as expendable as relief pitching and outfield is. Um, so the, if you're talking value wise, nothing matches up here. If the Yankees still had a vacancy in the rotation and you know, if they didn't cite Carlos Rodon, then you're sitting there and you're like, okay, Glaber for a controllable starter. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a really good starter who has a year or two left on the contract. Sure. Um, Morosi's, argument which it wasn't even an argument he was kind of just spitballing he was like look 
we are kind of forgetting, like everyone's saying the gap between the Astros and the Yankees is huge, right? But the Yankees didn't have MVP caliber candidate DJ LeMahieu this year. And that closes the gap between the Yankees and the Astros. And I will argue that that's kind of bullshit because Mm. the Astros lost um, Justin Verlander the year prior and they lost Michael Brantley this year. Um, and they lost, uh, Carlos Correa the year prior. So teams absorb, especially teams like the Astros absorb losses that you probably shouldn't. And they managed to make it work. The gap shouldn't be that wide between the Yankees and Astros. If you lose DJ LeMahieu, but you look back and you say, okay, you lost Stanton in 2019. That was huge. You lost DJ in 2021 and 2022. That's, that's really big. Um, so he was saying DJ is fully healthy per what the Yankees are, are are relaying to the media at this point. And there's no reason that he should be losing reps or he should be um, blocked by anybody if he's not being held back physically and if he's returning to form 2019-2020 style. So then he looked around and he said, well, you're not going to be able to trade Josh Donaldson because he's making all that money and nobody really wants him. And again, the Yankees are not making a trade where they're not getting the proper value in return. And then he wondered, hey, could be Glaber Torres. You need to free up a spot for LeMahieu. He didn't mention anything about IKF, which I think is a good point. I think you, we have to realize at this point that something's going to happen in spring training with somebody across the league, and there's going to be a utility need. There's going to be a middle infield need, and that's going to create a market for people like IKF and Glaber. Um, but if the Yankees are sitting here and they're still thinking about trading Glaber, and I guess sticking with Donaldson and LeMahieu, um, I think that makes the team worse because I don't think LeMahieu's defense at second base is better than Glaber's um, for a couple of reasons. One, Glaber, I think, is overall the better defensive second baseman. Two, if you're talking about keeping LeMahieu healthy and, and avoiding any more foot issues, he's going to need a lot of range. The shift is now gone. So do you keep him on his feet every day at second base? I think that's a little bit of a dangerous decision. Um the Athletic also mentioned that he's going to be splitting most of his time between second and third. So I don't know what to think. Um, I don't, I'm not really leaning in any direction. I just want Donaldson gone and I want um, DJ playing third. And then I want IKF as the utility guy. I think that's probably the most realistic scenario where you can get the best of all worlds. No one's going to be upset if you get rid of Donaldson. People will be upset if you get rid of Glaber. People will be upset if DJ LeMahieu is being limited because of the presence of Glaber and Donaldson. So something needs to be figured out here. Obviously, Morosi said Torres as a potential trade candidate because that's the only one they got. He's a controllable asset. He had a revo- he had a bit of a renaissance this year. It was still nothing spectacular, but teams are going to value that. And he plays the middle infield, which is which is a, a, a position in high demand. So. I hear M leaning, do whatever you can to limit Josh Donaldson's reps and get DJ LeMahieu at third base. They showed the stats for his defensive ability at first, second, and third. And second has been his worst since 2019. Third base has been his best. So as you age, obviously third base is the more stationary position. Probably makes the most sense to do that. I don't see a world where he's logging equal reps between second and third. I don't understand why that would happen. We talked about that last episode. I don't know where it, it's coming from, and I think it's a bad idea. I think it, cre- it creates too much of a disruption. 
it's going to mess with the dynamic. I, I don't know if it's the move. So I'm still on board with find a team who's going to take a half of Josh Donaldson's salary and just be on your merry way because that's the most you should get and the most you're probably going to get. Yeah, I'm getting real sick of the Josh Donald defense uh, over here. He should have won a gold glove. Like Brian Cashman, just this context. Yeah, MLB is going to give a gold glove to the guy who called Tim Anderson the N-word. Yeah, for sure. Great. Uh, let's let's definitely – that's definitely something that's going to happen. Um, Josh Donaldson, it is what it, it's a cut, it's a cut-and-dry case, open and shut, right? He was supposed to come in and be an expensive contract – and I wrote about this today, that the Yankees uh, could afford and teams like the Twins can't, and, and that the Yankees could import without limiting their spending elsewhere, but other teams can't. That's long been the Yankees' great advantage. It's like, this is a good player who's being paid too much. He's not being, he's being paid more than the value he provides, but he still provides value. So guess what? We're going to take him off your hands because we're the Yankees. We can fit all this stuff under our payroll and you can't. And we'll reap the benefits of a good player who you can't keep. Well, Josh Donaldson, wasn't a good player last year. Below at, took went from exit velocities indicating that he was one of the top power hitters in baseball to a season where he barely hit for any power and stopped recognizing fastballs and breaking balls. Just like his eyesight went kaput. He couldn't do what he used to do with the plate. It was crazy, but that doesn't usually drop and then reverse itself, right? He's older now. Odds are high that that era of his career is done. You can expect 250 with... 17 homers next year, I guess. But do you really want that? Is that worth your time? Is that better than Gio Urshela? No. And the worst part is that the Yankees were acting as this way station, which is you hear Bill Simmons say it about the Knicks all the time. The Knicks should take on Russell Westbrook and just be like, you know, the Knicks should sign the worst contracts in the world because, you know, then we'll stop making fun of them. No, you will not stop making fun of them. You will make fun of them for signing the worst contracts in the world. Uh, because there is a salary cap that prevents the Knicks from doing anything after they've imported this big contract for a guy who sucks. And there's not a salary cap in baseball. So supposedly the Yankees could bring in a guy like Josh Donaldson. And if he works out fantastic, you get a good player. And if he doesn't work out, then whatever, you can keep spending because there's no limit. Well, the Yankees are limiting themselves now. So the strategy doesn't work. If the Yankees are saying, ah, I'm not willing to go above this tax. I'm going to treat it like a de facto salary cap. Then you you neuter your advantage. You don't have this financial windfall anymore. And you're just like everybody else. You're saying, oh, man, I wish we didn't have Josh Donaldson's $25 million on the books this year. You did it to yourself. You actually could keep spending now if you wanted to. And I'll give them credit. I didn't think they were going to be able to get Carlos Rodon's money together. Yeah. I, I, that is more than I expected them to do because I we're in a new era now where they're being hamstrung by things they did to themselves. Oh, I can't believe this is happening to me. Who did this to me? You, you did this. Uh, but Josh Donaldson is no longer something they can just swallow and move on from. They're actively unable to move on because they don't want to pass the Steve Cohen tax. So if Josh Donaldson's going to be that much of a hindrance and he's not going to magically reverse the aging process and Benjamin Button himself in a 35 home runs next year, then you have to move off him. And what's better than paying $25 million for Josh Donaldson, but worse than paying $0 million for Josh Donaldson, paying $14 million to not have Josh Donaldson on your team. It's a fine outcome. And the Yankees are right now about $3 million short of the Steve Cohen tax. If they trade Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, that's six extra, so there'll be nine. And if they can get rid of Donaldson and have somebody pay him $11 million for next year, then that's $20 million below the Steve Cohen tax. For Jerickson Profar, 
and for two big deadline additions. So get that done. What are you waiting for? You have DJ LeMahieu and Oswaldo Cabrera, and Aaron Hicks, as annoying as that is, will be in left field. But guess what? I think Rafael Ortega is going to be your starting left fielder by the middle of May. He bats lefty. He had a 121 OPS plus in 2021. That was not that long ago. I think you can live with Hicks's money. He'll be a fourth outfielder again. Ortega or Cabrera will be out there the majority of the time, or at least a good deal of the time. Also, someone will get hurt, so you'll need those people anyway. You're not going to need Josh Donaldson because you have Cabrera, LeMahieu, Labor Torres, Anthony Volpe. So figure it out. The only thing I can imagine here is if the Yankees, which would partially be smart, partially be annoying, is if they're saying, look, we're probably going to have injuries again because we have injuries all the time. And if we have an injury to the infield, then we're looking at a situation where IKF is playing more than he needs to, or DJ LeMay, who's going to be on his feet more than we want him to, or, um, D or in this bad situation, DJ is injured. And now if you get rid of Donaldson, then you have a situation where DJ gets injured and you're playing IKF and Glaber as your second and third baseman, which is pro is a problem. But then again, you can't, pro you probably can't be thinking that way, even though, even though it, it, it happens to the Yankees far more often than we'd like it to. Um, so that would be the only kind of forgivable theory that if that, they, they might have that I'd be able to forgive. Um, what I can't forgive, though, and please explain to me this, is why did they let Cameron Mabin leave? Boom. Cam Cameron Mabin's fucking cool. The Yankees, the Yankees need um, an infusion of, you know, newer school uh, commentary or just thought process on all this. The guy retired after the 2021 season, immediately landed a job at the Yes Network. He also worked for the Marquee uh, Network, the, the Cubs. Um, he was an in-studio analyst for MLB Network. Um, the Yankees made changes to their to their booth, um, which I don't even remember what they were. Who joined? Anybody that it's, – it's David Cohn has the last because he's doing ESPN again. Mm -hmm. Michael Kay has the same or a little bit less because he's doing ESPN again. Yeah, Carlos Beltran isn't in the booth anymore. For good, well, he for was reason. bad for good reason, but I'm saying like they don't have to make room for that guy. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what changes they made. Um, I guess we could look that up as we talk. But um, Cameron Maben getting let go was weird because he appeared in a fraction of the games, maybe what between thirty and fifty. I think fifty is probably on the generous side. Yeah. Um, and the fan reaction to him being in the booth was overwhelmingly positive. For a team, for, for a league, right, that wants to get younger, that wants to attract um, more youthful fans, for a team like the Yankees who usually buttoned up, usually a little bit conservative, not that Cameron Maven was anything off the cuff where it's like, whoa, is that not like, you know, having Jack Morris in the booth saying weird stuff about Shohei Otani and getting suspended. There was no situations like that. Funny enough, Cameron Maven calling uh, Michael Kay uh, chocolate Blanco. Uh, that's funny. I like that. That's the kind of stuff I need. Um, his Twitter commentary was great. He was always in the weeds with the fans. He was talking about trending topics. He was wondering why the Yankees weren't involved in certain trades or in certain free agency cases. That's the stuff that you want, just drumming up interest, getting people involved in the conversation that that uh, usually wouldn't get involved in the conversation outside of their own Yankees Twitter toxicity, where it's the bullshit going on. Like Cameron Maven spurred good conversation. He was a positive 
um, figure, which kind of spurred more positivity and support. Um, and when he, when it was announced that he wasn't going to be back, fans flooded his Twitter. They were upset. They were wishing him well. They were hoping he'd be back eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very receptive to it all, very appreciative. Um, and he let, just landed a job with uh, Bally Sports Detroit. So he's going to be calling um, around 30 games for the Tigers, both um, in the booth and as an in-game analyst. Um, it's the team that drafted him. He played uh, three separate uh, parts of three separate seasons in Detroit. Um, so I, it, it's nice to see. He, uh, all, the Cubs also let him go from uh, Marquee Network. So he'll just have Bally Sports Detroit and MLB Network now, um, which I think is, is still great for him. But I think as – look – how about do this? When he's on in the booth doing the Tigers games, go over to Tigers Twitter. See what the fans are saying. I guarantee you it's going to be positive. I guarantee you they're going to be loving every second of it. Um, and I don't know why the Yankees would make a change like this when it didn't seem like he, he got another gig, right, with a, a, a much lesser franchise doing fewer games. So it's not like this was a negotiation thing where it's like, oh, Cameron Maven's asking for too much money or, oh, he wants to do 100 games this year and we can't accommodate that didn't really seem like there was much of a, there was much of a struggle here. The Yankees should have just kept him. He was clearly endeared by many and uh, I wish him best of luck. I, I think he's going to crush it in Detroit. Yeah. It was just weird. And, and like a year ago they were selling him to us. Remember Michael K in spring training or maybe just before when Maven got the job and we all, it went public and he was like, I did a screen test with this guy. He's a star. You're going to love it. Like obviously he's a company man, but he ended up being pretty good. Like it's, it's a tough job to do. And I think most people agreed. Maven maybe started off nervous. And at, at first was, you know, having trouble finding his footing. And by the end of the year, had a good rhythm with Michael K and who knows, but he was, yeah, he was not asked back. There were all these grandiose rumors about like, Oh yeah. I heard they're, they're targeting Derek Jeter and Don Mattingly. Yeah. See how that turned out. Don Mattingly is a blue Jays coach. Derek Jeter is uh, on Jimmy Fallon, but he's uh, not going to be on the Yes Network this year. Shocker. Uh, Jeter said he's going to be around the team more often. And when I hear that, I'm also not hoping for Jeter to be in the Yes booth, by the way. Like, that was never – I was like, oh, man, when he says he's going to be close to the roster, I hope he's in the Yes booth. No, I just need Jeter in the locker room as a special agent telling whoever's in charge, hey, maybe don't show the 4 Red Sox highlights before game four of the ALCS, you fucking moron. That's what I need Derek Jeter doing. I do not need him being in the Yankees booth uh, for 60, 70, 80 games. The last I heard was that they were looking for a way to get Paul O'Neill back in the booth more often as opposed to having him in Ohio where he's been. Uh, uh, Is this really still an issue? This can't be an issue moving forward. It just can't be. Uh, Like, I I came up with the solution here. I don't know if you uh, could come up with one too, but uh, let him in the booth. I think that's the solution. Yeah, I uh, support, endorse. I don't know how we're, I don't know how this is going. No, but beyond that, I don't think like, I I didn't hear a single other name added other than like, we're going to wedge Paul O'Neill back in there, which obviously that's not adding a name. He already was doing the broadcast. It was just kind of weird because he was in a hut. Uh, But now they're trying to put him back in the booth. So good luck to Cam. Uh, The Tigers, I mean, I guess it's a softer, it's probably a more forgiving landing spot. You'd think, but a couple of years ago, the Tigers broadcasters both got fired because they got into a fist fight in the booth. So maybe it's actually not not more more comforting because the voices of the Detroit Tigers. You imagine Michael K and Cohn doing that, like throwing a break, being like, we head to the bottom of the sixth. Then David Cohn, the the body coming off you is tremendous. And I have not forgotten what you said. 
last inning about my wife and the way that she dresses. So we will address that when we come back and then immediately cut to break and go and, and Kay grab chairs and start going to town on each other. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Detroit, wild spot. And uh, if you're not watching Detroit games, go ahead and watch Detroit games. But best of luck to Cameron Maven, who we definitely miss. And we already miss him. It hasn't even We haven't even heard the new booth. We already miss him. It's, it's February, though, baseball this month. You will see baseball yeah. in the month of February. We have reached the month of baseball. Will it be good baseball? No, uh, but it will be played, and it will be. Uh, you can you can go uh, and you can watch. And uh, so now it's time to talk booths. And uh, I just can't imagine. I understand if you're bristling at Cameron Maben being a little new school, sure, but I can't imagine preferring John Flaherty to what Maven does. And so. Uh, yeah, if you if you, if that's your opinion, I would love to see a PowerPoint. Yeah, well, uh, we forgot about one thing. It's probably a little bit more Ruko, um, which yeah. I think which which everybody loves. Um, and you have to think O'Neill is coming back. You did. I saw this report too. Paul O'Neill and the network are discussing a way to bring him back into the booth, according to sources. Um, not to get political, but this is literally politics. There is no federal, state, or city or MLB regulation that is preventing. Paul O'Neill from being in the booth. They're trying to find a way like, Ooh, a gigantic bubble could work. Like, how about we just put him on a chair? Like I, I and I'm as liberal as they come. Sorry to people who are, but like at this, at this point, at this point, how long are we going to be doing this? Yeah. Uh, three years removed. Um, there are no restrictions here. O'Neill, O'Neill lost the battle. He was stuck in his basement doing this shit behind a green screen. Time's up. Like if, if, the, the fans like him. If we're talking about, if we're talking about again, drumming up the the support and and the discussion around everything, Paul Neal is a great personality to have. That very much like David Cohn spans different age groups. Like, okay, you want to make the argument for Cameron Maben? Maybe he didn't entirely appeal to the older crowd. David Cohn, Paul Neal, both appeal to the younger crowd and the older crowd. So this shouldn't really be an issue as does Ryan Rucco. So if that's your, if that's your triple threat trifecta or whatever it is, then that has to be it. And you have to, you, you just simply have to do it. Yeah. I, again, uh, looking forward to the names. Like if the, if you got more names, I hit it, hit us with the names. Like who, who you got, who, who would you like to see broadcasting Yankee games? Uh, Cause Cameron may been before I heard him would have probably been at the top of my list to be honest yeah. on what he brought in 2019. Uh, I think Nick Swisher would be uh, annoying by the third inning. I don't think I want that. But CC is is number one for me. Oh yeah, uh, CC's number one for me. I would love to hear uh, uh, Ronald Torres. I don't think he speaks enough English to do it, but it'd be fun. So, uh, Zach Britton would be great if if he wants to just not pitch for the Angels as rumored this year and come over to the Yankees. How about this? Uh, you know who doesn't have a deal to broadcast anywhere right now? Keith Hernandez. He's arguing with the Mets over dollar figures. You want to make Steve Cohen mad? Want to anger that fan base? Go pick, go pick Keith Hernandez some surplus. Bring him over to the Yankees booth. Although he probably has the same issue as Paul O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be doing it from a green screen. And where, where does he even live? He probably lives in New York. Probably. Who do you have any other guys that we left out? Who you'd like to see in the booth? I don't even I have any I never even really gave it thought I was just I was I was hoping that um, this would either be done or we'd have some more rumored rumored people oh Um, there's gonna be more Jeff Nelson this year that's the one we forgot he's getting extra games he was good last year too so that's interesting interesting. yeah Um, as for former players like I don't even know who 
probably maybe Jacoby Ellsbury. That would be, that'd be, that'd be a good one. Johnny Damon coming in, you know. Damon would be great. <laughs> Damon would be great, but again, the uh, O'Neill corollary. I don't think you're yeah. able, I don't think he's able to get in there. Yeah. Uh, God, Jacoby Ellsbury. It's like paint dry. It's like, uh, Jacoby, what'd you see on that double? Well, it was weird. He ran all the way to second base, made it, did not pull up lame at any point, grabbing at his uh, forearm or calf. So that was strange. No, Jacoby, people don't usually get hurt running to second on doubles. Oh, oh, interesting. Well, okay. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Not my experience. <laughs> Oh, and I think, uh, do we have news today? Um, yeah, we did. The fucking groundhog saw a shadow. So we're mm. going to get six more weeks of winter. Um, God, has that ever, does it, is it actually true? I never even pay attention to this. I just get mad if Phil sees his shadow and yeah. then I don't pay attention to what happens. And then if he does, if he doesn't, then I'm excited for spring to come early and I never even know if it does or not. The temperature is weird right now. I don't even, I wouldn't call this particularly frosty. Somebody told me I missed snow this morning and I was like, nah, it can't be true. Like there's just no way. Like I, I was up at, uh, I was up at seven 40. I was out there getting coffee. There was no frost on the ground. Uh, there's no frost fairy who cleans that. So I got to imagine no snow today. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a punks, Tony Phil guy. I like the uh, Staten Island groundhog that Bill de Blasio dropped and killed. That's my guy. Uh, so I think he actually, we replaced that groundhog with a new living groundhog. We don't just run the same dead groundhog out now and go, eh, not getting much because he died. Uh, so I believe the Staten Island replacement said the opposite of Punks and Tommy Phil today. So if you want to believe okay. dream, uh, believe in New York's very own groundhog, who, uh, although I get, this is going to really piss you off. He showed up in Eagles colors. <laughs> are we sure it's not a pizza rat it could be a pizza rat yeah the pizza rat pilsner is still going strong staten island flagship wow. brewery uh so the yankees made the staten island pizza rats stop being the pizza rats uh because the yankees can be buzzkills from time to time just ask cameron maven but the pizza rat pilsner is still there and it's a quality beer it kind of tastes like oregano a little bit not zero percent a little pizza -y. there you go dump it on your pizza Think we think we figured it out. I think we um, it out. Tom Brady retired yesterday. Oh yeah, I we guess we talk do. about that. We got to give love to the greatest winner in NFL history and also the biggest loser in NFL history. It's kind of unbelievable. It's the same guy. Uh, I spent my whole life despising Tom Brady. Uh, at this point, though, it kind of feels like we all have a friend who's down on their luck. You know, maybe not the best fight. Maybe they went in heavy into crypto, not the best financial year for them. Maybe got the pressure from a four-year girlfriend, sort of gave him an ultimatum and said, you know, propose or leave. And they were like, I think I could do better. And you're like, no, you can't. But they leave anyway. That's Tom Brady now. Like, he ruined his marriage to play one more year with the Buccaneers. He did. He literally lost money in crypto. It wasn't even like an example of a thing that could happen. It happened. He lost millions of dollars. He's going to get sued. Um, and he looks like a skeleton all of a sudden. He didn't age from age zero to 45 and then 45 to 46. He upped, he, he flipped on the looking like shit switch. Now he looks <laughs> terrible. Uh, so I just feel not good making fun of Tom Brady at this point. And do you see the message Giselle gave him? She basically, in his retirement, gave him a like, 
you got laid off letter. Like they asked her what she felt. And she was like, I wish him the best of luck in all of his future endeavors. It's like, Jesus, that's cold. Like that's the mother of your children. So uh, if he's got no shoulder to lean on in his personal life, that's who he turns to just somebody giving him corporate responses to his retirement. Uh, that's brutal. He has to fill that hole in his life that he once had with football. Uh, and he's going to try his first eggplant. So I guess that's a positive, but I can't even kick Tom Brady anymore. I spent my whole life, uh, hating that little snot and now i'm like it's like rooting against uh nfl status man so i don't know where you land on that uh, i don't i mean i effectively ended his career because i drafted him in fantasy this year for the first time ever and i had a very good team and he was the person holding me back all year um he had a couple of games where it was like five points ruined my standing um and uh, it really did bother me that we had this whole saga last night. Like the, him going to the Dolphins would have potentially actually been cool if he was going to be part owner, um, you know, all those rumors. So I was like, okay, like that's a cool reason to come out of retirement. But to come out of retirement for a team that was solid, not really spectacular with a bunch of aging players, um, just to kind of school Adam Schefter – because Schefter was the one who broke the retirement before Brady actually announced it last year. And then Brady announced it anyway. And then 40 days later, he was like, actually, never mind. I'm going to come back um, after all that dolphin stuff fell through. Um, but it shouldn't matter. Why am I mad at somebody else's life? You know, that's where I have to reevaluate myself. Um, I'm mad because he screwed me in fantasy. I'm mad because for years, for years, and this is me being dumb and I'm acknowledging it. I bet against Tom Brady all the time because I hated the Patriots and I bet emotionally and I, said, I hate them. I hope they lose. Why am I going to bet? And then as you get older, you're like, oh, you bet for them because when they win, you win money. And then you're not upset about them going to the Super Bowl for the fucking 15th time. Um, And then, of course, this year, I was hopeful that they would beat the Cowboys. So we wouldn't have to see the Cowboys longer than a week. He gets waxed by the Cowboys um, and win the division with a losing record, still host a home playoff game the least you could have done was won that game and then gone out in the second round. So just the way it all ended, the fact that he is with the F- FTX crypto moron is also infuriating. Um, and his resurgence on social media also bothered me, especially because people thought it was him doing the content when he was paying somebody probably $200,000 to do this corny dad shit content that was getting millions of views and hundreds of thousands of retweets. Um, so yeah, I'm just bitter that it all came to an end like this, especially because everybody was talking about him playing closer to 50. And then the drop off, like you said, between 40 (laughs) up to 45 last year, he looked like still like could be one of the best. And then this year we're talking, you know, at the end of the season, we're talking about him. Oh, is he still going to go to the Raiders and dominate? Is he going to go to the the 49ers? What is there? What about the Dolphins stuff? It's like, no, he couldn't really throw the ball this year. So not really going to see him anymore. Um, so again, Bill Simmons said, I got a, I got Intel. Actually, I think he's probably the Patriots buzz is starting to heat up. Oh, is it Bill? Really? Cause he uh, quit the NFL. So I don't think so. Just had the perfect opportunity to go out beating the chiefs. You, you spent one year away from new England. You win the fucking super bowl. You beat Patrick Mahomes, you beat Andy Reid, And then you say, you know what? I'm out. Did it after four, did it in what, 43 years old or whatever it was? It's the like ultimate mic drop. Unbelievable. Like yeah. he won and he wasn't even a top seed. He had to go on the road and beat the Packers. That was an incredible playoff run. And and he topped it by uh, his defense mauling the Chiefs. And yet he decided to go back two more times and 
Each was uh, more boring than the last. Before we sign off, I do want to give Brandon Aiken a shout out in the comments. Right. The better Yankee second baseman, Knobloch or Soriano. I don't like. I I can't lie to you. I was not prepared to have this debate internally, but the answer is Alfonso Soriano. Right? Yeah, one of, one of these my favorite Yankees of all time. Forty homer potential and. Alfonso, it's also, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Alfonso Soriano in 2001 was about to hit the biggest home run in Yankees history off Curt Schilling to win the 2001 World Series for the city. And then events conspired against him and that home run is forgotten. But that would have been one of the most monumental home runs in the history of the city of New York and the franchise. And then in, in 2002, he had a super, his first real superstar season. Chuck Knobloch was very good, but how you finish I mean, he couldn't throw the ball to first base anymore, and they put him in left field. Uh, although I'd rather have Knobloch in left field this year than Aaron Hicks. But uh, both very good players, Knobloch a cog in a dynasty, Soriano a differentiator uh, who ended. And also I would say Knobloch wasn't quite as good with the Yankees as he was with the Minnesota Twins. League average hitter, yeah. yeah. So and the answer is Soriano for me. I bought – after the Yankees traded him, I bought Rangers gear, and I was pissed we had A-Rod. He went to the Nationals, bought Nationals gear, led the NL in home runs that year, then went to the Cubs, immediately bought Cubs gear, fucking loved him. So, um, biased answer, but, I mean, it's uh, – I think the numbers kind of speak for themselves. And you're right, he got screwed out of – he got screwed out of the biggest hit in probably modern Yankees history. The craziest thing about Knobloch, too, and I'm glad you asked this question, is because I remember him as a roughly league average hitter, good defender, scrappy, annoying – and that was true. 102 OPS plus with the 98 Yankees in an inflated offensive environment. 118 and 99, very good season. Then below average, below average, Kansas City Royal at the age of 33, out of baseball. But uh, I was I was right. He was better as a twin. I just wasn't right enough. He was stupid as a twin in 95 and 96. 95, uh, 13, uh, no, 11 bombs, 63 ribs, 333 average, 424 OBP, 911 OPS. 136 OPS plus the next year, even better. 13 home runs, a league leading 14 triples, 72 ribs, 45 stolen bases. He hit 341. He was on base 44.8% of the time, 965 OPS, 143 OPS plus. I beg of you, where was that after we signed him? Come on. We traded, right? We traded Eric Milton for him. We got a good, we got a good player whose career fell apart. Uh, under our watch, but that is a superstar in his mid twenties, and that's uh, another classic. It's like Javi Vasquez disease. Yeah, Uncle wanted. Uncle said the rings, the rings argument. I mean, come on, yeah. it's not base. This isn't the NBA. That matters in the NBA. That matters if you're a quarterback. It does not matter if you're on a baseball team. And how many rings is Soriano? I mean, he literally won them the 2001 World Series. If Mariano Rivera closes it out, which he does 99.9 percent of the time, so. How many rings? I mean, what did Soriano do in the ninth? Did he throw that bunt away? Come on. <laughs> well, oh, that's, that's it. That's it. What, a, what an episode again. And uh, if you guys have questions, feel free to hop into the comments at any time. We love to interact with all you fine folks. We're going to be back here every Monday, every Thursday, all off season long. Two o'clock Eastern. We'll be here about an hour unless we got a lot to cover. But guess what? Hour, two minutes today. And there wow. isn't even any baseball news. We're talking about MLB Network's top 10 lists. Come on. Thanks, Brandon, for the question. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in in the comments. And if you missed this feed, which, I mean, you didn't because you're here, but if you want to listen to it again, the audio feed will be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a subscribe on Apple Pods. Drop us a subscribe 
here and you'll get notified when we go live, which again, pending extenuating circumstances is Mondays and Thursdays, two o'clock Eastern all off season long. And if there's a big Yankee moment that merits it, Baron Hicks gets traded. If Donaldson gets traded, we'll be first on it. We're going live right away. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, Thomas Carinante. Where can the people find you? I am at Tommy's underscore takes. We are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Hit us up, yanksgoyard.com. Our bylines are there. The content is flowing. You guys are coming to read. We appreciate it. Keep it on coming. Have a good weekend. Honestly, uh, I don't know what you're going to do. There's no football, uh, maybe college basketball if you're into that. Uh, but yeah, enjoy yourself. We'll talk to you again on Monday um, and stay warm. The jet stream's coming, baby. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Probably sit here and wait for spring, but we'll see all of y'all on Monday. Have a great weekend. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.